Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. Reason that uh, we're going to bring Paul on is, you know, obviously as this discussion continues regarding LRT and what is good and what isn't so good, uh, and the pros and cons of each, I, I get people sending me stuff all the time. And uh, here in my hands, I've got a note that was uh, actually originally published a few years ago in the Ottawa Citizen, and it's entitled Light Rail Doesn't Work. And in this, it had a, a whole bunch of series of, of points that were brought up, which are pretty much common points that uh, that are in our discussion as well. Although this discussion centers around LRT in Ottawa, uh, there certainly is, you know, similar questions to probably every city that's that's considering this or going through it. So I thought it would be interesting to uh, to bring in somebody that knows about it, and then of course just throw some of these concerns out there and, and see what happens. And hopefully we can bridge the gap and and answer some of the questions that that, that everybody feels that uh, need answered at this point. Uh, and basically. Um, uh, if you'd like to add to this, you can send me a note at Scott Thompson at 900CHML.com. And if you have a question, uh, we'll pass it along. Paul Johnson is with us now, Director, LRT Project Coordination uh, with the City of Hamilton and on the line now. Good afternoon, Paul. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Uh, My pleasure. Paul, basically, you know, these are just some questions and some points that have been brought up. Uh, for listeners who, from listeners who are concerned about LRT or have questions or, or maybe even some that don't even want it. And I just wanted to throw some of these out there and just to see what your response would be to them and what sort of answer you'd give back to them. Sure. So this, this article that was sent to me uh, originally appeared in the, uh, in the Ottawa Citizen, and it was uh, written by uh, an author called Randall O'Toole, who is uh, the author of Great Rail Disasters, The Impact of Rail Transit on Urban Livability. Uh, one of his points is, and I'll read directly from this, uh, studies show that transit riders care more about frequency and speeds than about whether the vehicle they ride in has rubber tires or steel wheels. Light rail lines may boost riders because transit agencies run the trains more frequently and because they stop fewer times per kilometer, faster than buses. But the U.S. Uh, General Accountability Office has shown transit agencies can run bus services as fast as they can and, and more frequently than any light rail at a fraction of the cost. I mean, there's a common thing, buses versus light rail. Sure, and in, in the case of, uh, of Hamilton, rapid transit is about rapid and reliable transit. Our bus system at the moment is at the mercy of traffic, and so that traffic, as we grow as a city, and we're projected to grow over the next generation by some 200 to 250,000 people, uh, that running time, no matter how many buses you put on the line, is uh, is is going to be impacted and, and slowed down. I mean, if you use that same if you use that same rationale, then Toronto should abandon its subway system. Uh, why would they have a subway system in Toronto. But in Hamilton, this is about along specific corridors protecting transit, uh, transit times for the future. There also is some evidence that uh, light rail does matter. It does draw users to it as a higher order transit, as does some of the bus rapid transit uh, projects that are around the province, uh, and ones that we may be looking at in Hamilton along other rapid transit routes, that there is a slight uptick in ridership because of the style of it. But I don't want to put too much weight on it. This is really about protecting uh, this right, this uh, ability to get across the city and around the city in, in uh, consistent times, and building this now and preparing ourselves for the growth that's coming as a growing city is uh, one of the reasons that this works. 
what about uh, you talked about traffic, which which makes sense. I mean, it doesn't matter how many buses you put on the road. If traffic's at a standstill, they're not they're not getting to their destinations. What about dedicated bus bus lanes, much similar to dedicated LRT lanes? Well, certainly the uh, the uh, the debate is always there about bus rapid transit, light rail uh, transit. If you do bus rapid transit fully segregated, it is essentially the same type of system. Cars do not travel there. It would have the same impacts in terms of redu- reduction of lanes, uh, protecting for signal priority, so on and so forth. So it's certainly a debate that uh, was was had and some analysis work done. The other piece about light rail transit is that there is an investment uh, piece of evidence that suggests that transit-oriented development does occur at a higher rate uh, in, in terms of overall development and the, and the size of that development when we're talking about light rail as opposed to bus rapid transit. So uh, it's not that the, the systems are, you know, one's entirely not worth having and one is worth having, uh, but when we look at why Hamilton is also doing this, which is to stimulate uh, revitalization and continued improvement of our investments in our downtown and then stretching that along the line, uh, you know, LRT provides more of those benefits. And that's what you also read when you when you look at, at projects across a broad spectrum. And unfortunately, the, the article that you referenced doesn't really give the specifics around it. It's just broad generalizations. But when you actually do work uh, like McMaster did for us a few years ago, uh, lots of these routes that uh, draw through the downtown that are, that are connected to a revitalizing area in the downtown uh, spread that investment a little further across, and that's also why Hamilton is looking at light rail transit and why Metrolinx in the first place in their benefits case analysis said that uh, light rail seemed to make more sense for Hamilton. Uh, you talked about economic development. That's always been a big part of this discussion. Probably was more economic development than it was transportation when it first started uh, probably a decade ago now. Uh, one of the other points out of this article, it says a study funded by the U.S. Federal Transit Administration found that rail transit investments rarely create new growth, but more typically redistribute growth that would have taken place without the investment, such as redistribution, the study found, which usually uh, to downtowns from other parts of the city. Does it just take what you are doing and redistribute it? Uh, well, in some ways, the taxation is redistributed, and that's a good thing in Hamilton. Uh, you see it already happening in some of the development and the economic activity that's happening in our lower city, and that's actually balancing out some of the tax assessments, so that's good. But I don't think it stops what will be happening in uh, other parts of the community. In fact, it will only augment it. And in, the, in Hamilton, I think it's really important to recognize that this is part of a system. We're going to be looking at rapid transit over the next 25 years that will link our suburban areas, our mountain, to our lower city, and also regional transportation. So we're not looking at just a line that will run through the downtown, to which people could say, well, maybe that's just drawing economic activity into our downtown. We're actually looking at this as a whole system for the majority of where the population lives in Hamilton. The last thing I'll say about uh, uh, about some of this investment is that this is a way for us to capitalize on the growth that we know is going to happen in our community over time and make sure that that growth happens in areas that both the province wants us to see from a pro- uh, places to grow perspective, but also that uh, we want to see in terms of the lighter touch on our, on our sprawl and our infrastructure. 
another point out of this note: it, it says most light rail uh, most light rail lines operate on streets for at least part of their uh, part of their route. Uh, transit planners plan traffic signals that, that favor trains over automobiles. Obviously, that has to be the case. I mean, I've seen this happen in Calgary. The delays result in greatly uh, exceed the benefit of getting a handful of people out of their cars. Uh, using the example in, in Minneapolis, where the commute down there now is 20 minutes longer due to the LRT. Your thoughts on that? I, I think talking about a handful of people, right now our base usage of transit along the B line is about 9.2 million rides. So we are talking about significant amounts of people. It's not just students, as I've heard, uh, or a few people that live in the downtown core. We have 25,000 people that work today in our downtown core. Uh, this could be a way of looking at different ways for them to arrive to where, where they work. And the resulting traffic patterns, uh, certainly there's going to be increased capacity on some of the alternative routes, but Hamilton ha- does have some additional corridors for that traffic, particularly moving in the westbound direction. And our traffic modeling will give us some of that information later on in, in the fall. But I, I think the more salient point around this is that we need to build a transit system in Hamilton that actually does give people the opportunity to consider making trips and traveling around this community using a different mode. And that's really what a good transit system does, and that's why this is the beginning of not only a rapid transit system, but an improvement to our bus system. Lots of chatter lately, Paul, around route, uh, King and Main, one versus the other. Why one chosen over the other? Uh, I know, obviously, the, the Metrolink study said there would be more economic development through the route that it's currently on. What about the merchants that are, are questioning that and, and are wondering about uh, the main line, or a main line? <laughs> So way back in the midst of time, it was always Main King as the corridor. And as we looked at a variety of factors, King Street was landed upon, and there's technical information going back to 2009 about, uh, you know, looking at some of the factors that went into that decision-making. The bottom line is Main Street is no wider. I hear that a little bit uh, as a bit of a myth of Main Street. The only part that it's a little bit wider is through International Village, and it's about a meter and a half wider. So it's not a significant difference. It's about 20 meters is a right-of-way on both corridors. And of course, when we talk about Maine, we are on Maine for most for, for about half of the route anyways. Uh, Main Street East in the eastern portion and Main Street West in the western portion is, is not really at debate. And I think at the end of the day around the economics, it was how do we draw it through the true downtown and the employment node in our downtown core. And I understand that Main Street is very close to King Street in our downtown, but we are drawing the LRT when it's along King through the true heart of the downtown of uh, the community. And, you know, evidence is to suggest that through this painful period of construction, and I won't sugarcoat that, we will get to a situation which I think is very good for business. Uh, Do you mind taking a couple of calls on this? And I totally understand if you don't, because we haven't planned for this at all. Hey, always happy to to talk. We've been out talking to a lot in the community, so uh, happy to take a couple. All right. uh, The first one is from Councillor Whitehead. Uh, and wants to ask a question. Councillor Whitehead, thanks for joining us. What's your question for Paul Johnson? I think there's, uh, there's two pieces. One, uh, the Main Street is, uh, in fact, wider through the downtown corridor. The pitch is at International Village. You do not have to build another bridge on Main Street, and Main Street's the most direct route. And uh, there's no report that provides any empirical data 
on economics or otherwise, that would suggest that King Street is a better route. So I want to hear what Paul has to say about that. Paul? Uh, so in response, the the, the width, uh, I, I just did explain that, that uh, in International Village, it's about a metre and a half uh, narrower through there than it is at Maine. In fact, I had our engineers look at Maine and Walnut and King and Walnut, and it's about 18 and a half versus 20 metres. At many other points, it's exactly the same. Uh, in terms of its directness, it would save us about 500 metres. Uh, we've run, well, again, I had engineers look at uh, both routes, and it's about 500 metres. But in terms of the A-line, it would add 80 metres because we do need to get down James Street to, to, the, to the water. And the councillor is quite right. There really isn't uh, a huge difference between the two areas from an economic perspective overall because the, line, because the corridor is so close together. In fact, the transit-oriented development would take into account Maine and, Maine and King uh, all the way along that, uh, that route until, of course, we get to the West End where we're only on Maine. So it was never a case where there is one that is a slam-dunk route versus the other. The challenge on King is moving through the downtown core, but there are advantages to that as moving through the true downtown core. And then on Main Street, the challenge, of course, is uh, drawing it across the uh, 403 interchange. And really, the technical information back in 2009 was a concern about traffic circulation uh, moving particularly eastbound off the 403. Councillor, would it matter really? I mean, if you just if you switch routes over to the other street, wouldn't you then get complaints just as many as you would from uh, the the other route? I mean, well, you know, are, are, so, you, are you basically taking the complaints and just shoveling them over one block? Well, the, the, the issue isn't the complaints. The issue is what will you get your best outcomes from. So, if we're going to go the LRT route, we got to do it right. And clearly, we haven't done the full uh, full analysis. We could probably, and we don't know this yet. Uh, stretch the dollars further and extend that LRT on Main Street based on cost, but we don't know that because we haven't done the analysis. The other challenge that came, of course, is you got 480 heritage properties, you got archaeological issues. Scott Park was, was part of the premise in regards to the uplift. Well, uh, Scott Park is now institutional, so there's no uh, development opportunity there. So the premise for King Street has been shattered. Uh, Paul, do you want to answer to this? Uh, certainly, I think there's lots of questions and, and commentary that will happen with that, uh, and I expect that sort of some of these questions will come up as we continue to report to Council. And, uh, and so we're here to answer those questions to Council as they come forward. But, uh, you know, you've got a high-level sense of, of where that decision-making was, and, uh, and really... Right now, we, we have the project here. If there's a difference of opinion of where that project is going to be built, uh, we need to take that direction at the appropriate time. Thanks, Councillor Whitehead. Much appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's go uh, to a caller named Frank. Frank, what are your thoughts? What's your question for Paul Johnson, Director, LRT Project Coordination? Okay, Mr. Johnson, uh, I want you to tell me how you can honestly and truthfully appease all the people that live well beyond the downtown area of Hamilton, uh, and Hamilton has spread out, and it's going to spread out even more. And we're talk- I'm talking Bembrook, right through Mount Hope, Flamborough, you name it, that without getting bus service, adequate bus service there, that the LRT is worth a buck to them and also is going to be uh, of any uh, use of, for them when it's only going through such, uh, such a short route in downtown Hamilton. Paul? So... 
the great news in Hamilton is that the LRT project is part of a broader system of transit enhancements we want to see over time. There is a transit strategy, the 10-year transit strategy, that will improve bus service. And then, of course, there is the rapid transit plan that over the next generation will bring rapid transit primarily to suburban and uh, the mountain areas of the city. In fact, when you look at two routes that are going to go along the mountain, one along the central mountain, one along the south mountain, connect Ancaster, Alfreda, Stony Creek Mountain, uh, moving down to the Confederation GO station, and even rapid transit to Waterdown, we really are building a system for the whole city. You have to start somewhere. The highest ridership is along the B line. And this is really part of a system that has to be built. And we can't stress that enough, that a single LRT project along the corridor we're looking at is uh, simply not good enough to say we then have a system of transportation in Hamilton. Hmm. Good point. Thank you, Frank. Much appreciated. You're welcome. Thank you, Scott. Okay, uh, Paul, uh, we certainly do appreciate you uh, not only coming on and answering some of these questions, but we also certainly appreciate you taking calls, which we did not uh, say that we were going to do, and I didn't mean to blindside you there in any way. So I certainly do appreciate you not only coming on and answering some of these allegations, but also uh, being a good sport and taking some of the questions. Uh, Always happy to engage in this dialogue. It's great. Is there, at this point, Paul, and again, it, it seems that, you know, now the latest debate is over Maine versus King, which uh, I'm told is, is kind of a moot point at this point. Is, is that accurate? I mean, can we change these routes at this point? Is there worth study? Is this worth studying more? So at this stage, we've engaged in the process to uh, implement a project that's along the route that we've been talking about for a number of years now. Uh, the discussion about whether that changes or not is certainly one that council can happen can have, and, and uh, if that is what happens, then we'll take our direction there. So we, we have, to be, uh, have to be careful here. Uh, we've been brought together as a project team to implement a project. There will be debates and there will be questions along the way, and if things do change, we will certainly adapt to that. The other piece is that as we go to the public, uh, starting in September, the project as we have it today may also be tweaked a little bit along the way. So when we talk about where the stations are located, pedestrian crossings, the impact on traffic and movement around the neighborhoods, we expect that there'll be some comments back about where we've got it right and also where we can improve it. So I think there will be changes along the way. Happy to always answer questions about how we got here. The journey to this project has been at least a decade old in terms of significant work and planning and preparation, and it has always been part of our official plan uh, for the new city of Hamilton in terms of rapid transit along this corridor. Is it common or uncommon for the dialogue that the city seems to be having at this stage of the game? Is this all part and parcel of, of, of a project this size? I think it is. This is the largest single infrastructure project uh, that anyone can remember, and it may be the largest in our history. It is something that will transform the city. It sets us on a path to invest and look at how we're going to develop an even bigger system. And so it has implications uh, for the out years as well. So I think questions are natural. And if people weren't asking some of these questions, I'd be concerned. If businesses weren't worried about the construction period and, the, and how they were going to be uh, able to access their business and their customers access their business, I'd be worried because we know that's a significant challenge. 
But I do think at some point uh, we need to get behind this as a project that will transform our city for the good. It is going to build in a, a good transportation link uh, that we have talked about needing for years, and now we're on the cusp of making happen. So that's a little bit of why uh, we're moving this project forward. But the conversations and the debates will continue to happen. It's happened to their communities. Uh, this is a significant project and de- demands that kind of conversation. Paul Johnson has been with us, Director, LRT Project Coordination. Uh, Paul, again, thank you very much for coming on and answering some of these questions. And, of course, we really do appreciate, I uh, didn't mean to blindside you there and just start taking calls, but they started coming in and we thought, you know, we've got you here, let's answer the question. So we really do support, uh, really do appreciate that. Thank you, Paul. No problem. Thanks very much. Paul Johnson, Director, LRT Project Coordination. And as you give us more questions, we will ask them to them. And uh, we thank Jackie for sending in this article and uh, her concerns as well. We hope we've moved the discussion forward.